your 6th grade announcer, G-Force O'Neill, with Charlie the Dog. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Ron Don's free buyer and seller playbook. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 370 of the Ron and Don Show, and we're live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk, and this, this happened with our company, Windermere. Uh, two homes now over on the east side here in Seattle. It was sold for well, not well, but one sold close to a million dollars over ass. Another one just went a million dollars over. Are these just agents that aren't doing their work? Like, how do you how do you price something and it goes a million dollars over? Let's talk about that. And is this going to continue to happen in 2022? Uh, also, also want to talk about your personality. And are there some things in your personality that you can change in order to make you a nicer person? Maybe, maybe not. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Whoopi Goldberg said some pretty controversial stuff on The View about the Holocaust and some other things. And I turned on The View the other day, and she is back on The View. Uh, Joe Rogan has said some pretty controversial things, using the N-word that he says maybe was taken out of context, but he said using the N-word, the full word he shouldn't have done over his 12-year career. Uh, now on his podcast. And then also we know that he got in some trouble uh, for some other stuff when it comes to disseminating information about COVID-19 and talking to particular doctors that some people might see as being fringe. Ron, what is going on here? Because it seemed like uh, cancel culture was in full effect, but all of a sudden Dave Chappelle gets in some trouble. He doesn't get canceled. Uh, we look at Whoopi, didn't get canceled. We look at Joe Rogan. There's three right there. Didn't get canceled. Does this have to do with something that two of the three are African-American? Or have we ha- has something changed in our culture where we're like, you know, before we start canceling people, uh, maybe we should listen to people. I, I hope that that's the case. Um, and these th- Those are really three good examples that, that you just gave. And I, I, I think back to like when the, the hashtag Me Too movement came along. And obviously, in the grand scheme of culture, it's, it's a very good thing. And a lot of the guys that got called out, mostly men, uh, you know, the Matt Lowers of the world and stuff, it, it was shocking and horrific. And Harvey Weinstein and, and uh, Charlie Rose, all those, these people. Uh, in, then you maybe can throw in Bill Cosby in that mix. But the thing that happened is then there were other people that got swept up in that because it was too broad. The, the, like the, Ryan Seacrest got swept up in that. Ryan Seacrest, Aziz Ansari. No. And so a woman wrote a big expose on Aziz, and you read it, and you're just like, that's not harassment. That's just a really awkward end of a date. And like, sorry that your feelings got hurt, but there's no way that he should have known that. But but it almost canceled Aziz Ansari. And, and he's talked about it in some of his specials. So the, the thing that I think is happening, what I hope is happening, is people are realizing that this is not one size fits all. It's like you can't just slap a – people don't have the right to go through life and not be offended. And Ricky Gervais talks about this all the time, and, and I love uh, when, when he does talk about it, where it's like you 
you go through life and you're supposed to challenge your beliefs. You're kind of supposed to go through life and be offended from time to time because then it brings up how you feel about something. And if I'm doing my work and I'm trying to evolve as a person, you, you start to question that stuff and go, well, why does that bother me? And a great example that we have right now in, in our society is all of these banning of like uh, critical race theory. And, you know, there's some states that are like, well, maybe we're going to let the parents decide whether or not their child learns about Black History Month. Like there's a, a, a school district now that is considering that where you can a parent could sign a waiver that says, I don't want my kid in the Black, Li in the Black Lives Matter or the month of February, Black History Month. And, and so like those sort of things, I think, are completely wrong. Like you can't go through life and go, oh, my sensibility is going to be offended by facts that happened. And so therefore, I'm going to opt out of those facts like that shouldn't be allowed. And you should have to face the facts of the country you live in or what you did to another human being. And so for like Dave Chappelle, he can offend the trans community if he wants to. Like that's his right to tell a joke about a trans person he knew and then the repercussions of that is there were a lot of people that were offended. And so, but if he was making fun of an entire class of people and he was like derogatory towards all trans people, which he wasn't, but if he was, then I think that's different. So I think people are starting to see there is nuance here. Dave Chappelle made trans jokes about a specific trans person. Unless you say you're worth the twerfs, twerfs though, like he did. Which means you you are siding with 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 a whole group of people when he said that. So I think yeah, that, that's I don't know if that's if it's derogatory though in in that way. He says I I find myself aligned with this philosophical. But those are viewpoint. we keep saying we want to have these tough talks, and that's what 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 what's happening is these are creating the tough talks that we all said that we wanted to have, right? And we shouldn't cancel the talks in the middle of having the talk. Like I think what, whether you agree with Dave Chappelle or not. He, he is approaching this in a very civil way, in a very, a very civil fashion. And he's having conversations that a lot of us haven't had. My son, by going to school, I went to a, a recital of his last night. And you see Black Lives Matter on the wall in, in, the, in the gym. You're probably not seeing that same sign at my cousin's kids uh, out in the Midwest. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, in some particular schools, I definitely know you're not seeing that. I remember taking a picture of a Black Lives Matter sign. And it was in my son's uh, preschool class. And this is when nobody really knew about that movement. And I put it up on my Facebook page. And so many people wanted to cancel that school. And I can't believe that public, public dollars are going towards that. Public dollars weren't going towards that. It's a private school. It was my money that was going toward that, right? I was pretty amazed that all the people that pushed back on that sign before they even had a conversation and said, wow, this is an interesting conversation. And, and, and my son especially when it comes to sexuality, is beginning to have conversations with me that seem a little fast. But these are the conversations that he's already having with other kids at school. So I don't mind that those conversations are also being had by adults, and specifically this adult right here. What it does is it puts me on notice as a parent. The kids are getting information a lot faster than we did. They're growing up a lot quicker, 
And it's our job to have the courage not to cancel those conversations, but to have those. I remember asking my father when I was very, very young about how an egg gets fertilized. And I asked it in front of the family and made a joke about uh, Scott's turf builder. And it became a family story. And everybody still laughs about it to this day. Remember when Donald, because being from the Midwest, everyone calls you Donald. Do you remember when he asked about an egg being fertilized? And that was the answer. And everybody thought that was hilarious. Uh it wasn't hilarious to me, and it's still not. Like when people mention it, I get, uh, and I'm 54 years old. So, so I think we have to have the courage to have the conversation that Whoopi Goldberg was having on the View. She brought up an impossible conversation. Uh, we need to have the courage to have the conversation that Dave Chappelle was having. We need to have the courage to have these conversations when we're looking at people and we want to cancel them. Before we cancel them, let's have courage and let's talk. So. And I think the thing that has changed, and, and I thought of this while you were talking, is is the component of the platform you're on. So I like that Brene Brown, who's also her podcast, is on Spotify as well. I like that she's gone out and said, I'm pausing my podcast until I know what their stance is. I, I, I've signed a contract with this company. Um, I don't really know or and or like the way that this has gone down with Joe Rogan. I don't want to cancel him. I just want to know. I want to know what they're doing in these areas. And so a woman like Brene Brown, who has a lot of followers and a lot of influence, I think it is legit to say you're a company that's making billions of dollars and you're empowering this voice. What are the rules? How does this work? Nay, Netflix. You're making billions of dollars. You're a publicly traded company. You're giving voice to a guy that has these viewpoints. Is that valid? I, I think that shareholders or people in the community, not necessarily saying, Dave Chappelle, you don't have the right to say what you want, but to say, hey, Netflix, what are your rules? How are you going to interact with the community? Hey, Spotify, how, what are you doing with all these membership fees uh, when, you're, when you're choosing to pay these people? I think those are really fair comments. Hey, is it ABC that has the view? Hey, ABC, you're paying these people a lot of money and advertisers are sponsoring that. What are the rules? And, and is it going to be fair to everybody regardless of their skin tone or regardless of if they're man, man or woman, regardless of, of where they are on the political spectrum? I think those are the type of conversations that are really valid. And then I'll, I'll finally just say this. If Chappelle or Whoopi or, or, or Rogan gets removed, gets canceled in air quotes, getting removed from a platform is not the same thing as getting put into jail. It's not the same thing as saying you can't say that. It's a good point because Joe Rogan already removed. Yeah, Joe, Joe Rogan already got $100 million to uh, an offer to go to another platform. So it means he has the right to move to another platform. See you guys on the other side. It's just like talking to a longtime friend. They are so fun and they were so fun to work with. When it comes to your real estate journey, you need an expert team and a playbook. The Ron and Don Playbook. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. I think the expertise provided by Ron and Don is really something I haven't seen before. I bought probably a half a dozen properties over my lifetime. So I was just so impressed at how all in they were from the very beginning. They knew what we were going to need to do in order to get the house that I wanted. And they were absolutely committed to making that happen for me. So responsive. And I would hear from them if they needed something for me immediately. If I called them 
them. They would answer. They were super responsive. Uh, Dawn was a bit of a magician, being that like there was things that nobody knew the answers to. It was remarkable. And I would get the call. Hey, I was able to get the plans, the plans that if we don't get, we don't buy this house. And I get the call and there's four boxes of plans. It was amazing. The sale price was 55K over ask. And that just blew us away. We were absolutely ecstatic. Thanks to their skill to negotiate, we are so grateful and so happy and so pleased. They were a thousand percent instrumental in making this deal happen and making sure we closed on time and that I was able to get into my dream condo. I'm just absolutely thrilled. I mean, I knew that this was going to be hard to find and we did it so quickly and got just the perfect house in exactly where I needed it to be at a price that I feel really good about. So I could not be happier with my experience. I really felt like I could trust them. They made some promises on some mm-hmm. things that, and they delivered on them with no questions mm-hmm. asked, you know, and they came through. I absolutely recommend Ron and Don for your real estate transactions or just a cup of coffee and a sit down. Ready to get in the game? Get your playbook and schedule your Ron and Don sit down now at ronanddonsitdown.com. Please hit subscribe on your podcast player. We'd also love if you gave us a review. Now let's get back to building Ted. I mean Laverne and Shirley. No, seriously, it's R&D and with me, that's three. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. Reach out to Ron. Write him, ron at windermere.com. Say, I'd love to sit down with you guys. And uh, we can do it Monday through Sunday. Uh, let's try not to do it on Sunday. We could do it on Saturday, but I prefer to do it Monday through Friday. If you need us on Saturday, we can do that too. Just have a cup of coffee. We'll talk virtually and see if we are good real estate partners. All right. We as your agents, you as our principals, uh, just go to uh, Ron at windermere.com. More of us at ronadonsitdown.com. Cause all that sit down. Uh, this is interesting to me as we get older, can we change things in, in our personality? Uh, and there's some new research on this. The reason I was thinking about this is we have a particular vendor that we use that I really, really love. And this particular vendor is really excellent at what she does, but what she's not excellent at doing is communicating sometimes to our clients and our clients initially will end up not liking her. And then when they see the work that she does and how awesome she is, they end up loving her. But between not liking her and loving her, there's kind of this area to grow. And so I've been working with her and talking with her and just saying, hey, are you aware when you do this, that it comes off like this? And she said, you know what, in the house that I was in, this is kind of how I'm wired. And I understand that, that I can pull up short in some of these areas sometimes where it seems like customer service. And I get that. Just keep pointing these things out to me because I don't naturally see them and I'm willing to grow. And in fact, yesterday on the phone, I had to point something out. And I said, did you see this with this client? And they went, absolutely not. The thing that I love, though, Ron, is she's trying. She is trying. And as we get older, especially for middle-aged men like us, it really is hard to change. And and sometimes it feels impossible. Yeah, you found an article. I think it was in The Atlantic. It it, it was really charming. I I normally don't read every word of an article that's that long, like New Yorker, Atlantic, they can get really long. This was a woman incredibly self-aware. She's like, I do not have a good personality. (laughs) Yeah. Is how the article opens. And so she's like, I'm going to see if I can actually change this in a scientific way. So she went out, talked to like the best researchers 
uh, in, in America, took like a this extensive exam that scored her across five metrics of personality and like neuroticism. She was off the charts. And so she and she knew that and acknowledged it. And it was like, that's me. And so she went through and, and showed you her her scorecard out of the gate and then went through all the ways she tried uh, to improve or to make changes. And so one of them was like she signed up for an improv class and she it was very difficult for her to do. And she was like cringing, but she did it. And so she would go through. She went to anger management class, even though she was the only one that wasn't court ordered in her class. And the instructor even said, like, why are you here? Like, you're not court ordered to be here. And, and she's like, I just get really angry, like at my partner sometimes for doing things that I shouldn't get angry for. And so she went through. I think it was like a good four to six month period. And then she retested herself and she did make some changes. And so a, a lot, it wasn't, it wasn't miraculous. Like she didn't She like her neuroticism score went from like a 94 to like a 77 from off the charts to very neurotic. And so, and she was like, but for me, that's a big change to go from off the charts, neurotic to just very neurotic, like really helped her. And she said that uh, these the systematized way she did it did make some minor changes in her personality. The biggest one, and it was one of these experts that st- stuck with me, is he goes, there's a lot of fake it till you make it when it comes to personality tweaks. Meaning that if uh, when we had a, a client mention this the other day that we were having a tech problem on one of our sit downs, and she goes, you look grumpy on the camera. And I looked up at the screen and was like, that's true. Like there are my, my, I have resting grumpy face. And so I've been trying that I, I heard her and I was like, that's, that's not an unfair critique. And so now, uh, even though I may not be feeling it in the moment, I will try to smile and, or at least go from resting grumpy face to like resting neutral face. Uh, and it does make a difference when I can look at the screen and even if it's just a, a, a 10% smile, that's better than a 10% frown. And if I keep doing that over time, hopefully my natural inclination will be is to not look as grumpy. Yeah. And I think, and and that's good. And, And I think for a lot of us, it's just about staying curious. And if you're naturally curious and if you're not, you, 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 if you're not naturally curious, you can train yourself to be more curious and curiosity will drive that, right? So she was willing to be vulnerable, authentic, say, I'm I'm willing to go to these different kind of classes. The rest of us would be embarrassed about it because they're like, wow, I'm now telling people that I have an anger management problem. And what's really hard is when you share that with somebody and then they throw that thing in your face in, in, a, in a moment where maybe you're not getting along with someone and then boom, they'll throw something in your, and, and I've had people do that, you know, for me, I went into to, to therapy over four years ago and I've shared some of the things and I've tried to be vulnerable about things I've learned in therapy. I'm a little more careful now about who I share what with, because I have had people that I don't know and people that I do know take some of the very private things that I've shared publicly. And in a moment where they felt like they wanted to get over on me, they, they have used that. And I have to say, it's pretty effing painful uh, when, 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 when somebody does that. And it gave me a moment of clarity about, hey, continue to be authentic, continue to be vulnerable, continue to be curious, but you don't have to share that with everyone. And you surely don't have to do that publicly like she did. That's pretty brave. 
It is right. Can you tell? Can you write down a sheet of the stuff that like hurt you the most? And so if I, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I hope I never uh, poke you in that way. See you on the other side, you guys. Hey, it's Ron Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch Loan. Mitch, do I need twenty percent down in cash to buy a house in this expensive market? You absolutely do not. And that's one of the big things I do when I sit down at meetings is we talk about the cost of waiting and I'll talk to someone and look at what they're renting for and what it will cost them in order to wait to save 20% down. And often putting as low as 10, 5% down is actually a better long-term financial deal. Even if you have to pay a little mortgage insurance up front, you get to buy that much sooner and gain that much more appreciation on that home. Okay, so if you've been staying out of the market because you think, well, I don't have 20% down, you don't need 20%, go to Mitch.loans, talk to Mitch, figure this out, get a game plan. You can do a Ronadon sit down with us and we will partner with you. And don't forget, you can get that up to one half percent back on the value of your loan. Just go to Mitch.loans. NMLS 1691573. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Something that, that we've all read. In fact, it's 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 made national news that there's a house over on the east side. And for those that don't live in the area, Seattle's on one side of Lake Washington, the east side's on the other. And I-5 just uh, cuts us right in half, right? You have 405 on the east side, you have 5 on the other. And, and they uh, disconnect at the bottom of the lake and they rejoin at the top. And they take you all the way to Canada. On the east side, you have Kirkland and Bellevue and Redmond, place we call the east side that I used to live, and now over here in Seattle. We saw a home go for almost a million dollars over asking price, and then one of our Windermere agents from the east side just had a home go over a million dollars. And I looked at that home online, and I went, wow, over a million dollars. That's pretty incredible. It's a pretty nice home. Uh Ron, is this sloppy agenting? I mean, how how how, do, how does an agent put on a property they're selling and it goes a million dollars over, close to a million dollars over? Uh, are they not paying attention to the neighborhood? Is this a strategy or is this just something that happens every once in a while? Uh, it can be all of those. It, it depends, I think, is the real answer. But So let's talk about a little bit about how you price something. So typically when you are trying to price something and you and I had had a property last year that went way over is you, you have to think about how does this process work? You have to assume most people are going to get a loan. And when you get a loan, the bank wants to send someone out to verify that the thing they're lending money on is worth what they're, the money they're giving you. And so that's called an appraisal. And so you have to look around that neighborhood and find other houses that are similar to your house. And that, that's, how the, that's how an appraiser is going to come at value. So if you're in a neighborhood and all of the houses in that neighborhood are selling for a million dollars and then a, a, your house comes on and it sells for $2 million, where an appraiser is going to go out there and look at that and go, in my opinion, I don't think this house is worth $2 million. And the bank is going to say, we don't want to lend you $2 million because you're in a neighborhood where all the houses are worth $1 million. So with these agents, a lot of times are looking for actual comparable houses. And so they feel like this is the number. And so they put the number on there. And then in our market right now, there is such an appetite for these homes. Uh, and the market has been so competitive that it drives it up. 
And it can be a function of the percentage of the house. So in other words, if a house was $1.8 million and then it went up a million dollars above that, that's different, a different percentage than if a house is, you know, 250,000 and it sells for 700,000, the percentages are different. So the answer can be, yes, they're, they're sloppy agenting. The answer can, we have seen people that deliberately price a house low so they can create a feeding frenzy. But I think on, on those examples that you gave on the east side, one of them, I think, was was trying to get the house relatively accurate. And it's just the fact that it happened to be in a great location, happened to be a house that was very sought over. And the people coming in were willing to say, we're going to we're going to pay cash and we don't care if it appraises low. We'll pick up the rest of that money with cash dollars. So what, what about you? Do you? Did you have the same reaction? Well, I think the important thing is whenever we're looking at comps, we're looking in the rear view mirror, right? And I love the thing in Dave Grohl's new book, and I shared this with you guys, that when Kurt Cobain died, he said, I'm going to stop looking in the rear view of my life and I'm going to look out the front windshield. The, 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 the problem, and one of the reasons why you need an advocate and good partners in real estate, is we are looking through the front windshield and we're trying to predict the future. And most of the time when people do that, they're wrong. Take the Super Bowl. You have all these guys that have played in the NFL, right? And now they've been they they, they played the game. They've been in huddles. They've been in two-a-day practices. Uh, some of them are coaches. Some of them are players. Some of them are both. Uh, some of them end up on TV like Terry Bradshaw. Many of them have multiple Super Bowl rings. But Jimmy Johnson, who has three Super Bowl rings with Dallas Cowboys, he's wrong all the time when he tries to look in the front windshield of the Super Bowl and tell you ahead of time who's going to win. He's often wrong. Terry's often All those guys that are experts are often wrong because we're trying to look through the front windshield. It's easy if you ask Jimmy Johnson, you said, hey, how come you guys won multiple Super Bowls when you were the coach uh, back with Troy Aikman in the early 90s? He can tell you because he's looking through the back windshield. That's what we're doing when we're trying to predict what somebody's going to pay for a house. But we cannot predict what the market's going to be when we put a new house up for sale two or three months from now. So oftentimes what we do is the night before we put a house up for sale is we will once again get with our clients. We'll jump online. We'll look at the comps and we'll discuss price right up till the end. Uh, and that is so important because when you bring a home on, and I think of some of the homes that we're bringing on, some of the numbers that we share with our clients, will those numbers change after you've gone through, you've worked on the property, you've inspected the property, you've filmed the property, and now you're about to sell the property? And, and a lot of times you're just going to feel differently about it. And a lot of times you feel like the home is worth more. And a lot of times in this marketplace, it's worth so much more. How about that? Is this our final segment? I believe it is. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate you. It means a lot to us. If you need us, how can they reach out? Yeah, you can reach me at ron at windermere.com. You can also find us at uh, ronanddon.com. If you want to sign up for the Nation News, uh, you can do it right there on the website. Uh, we want to be, give a big shout out to Les Schwab for being the title sponsor of the show and Mitch Weeks at Mitch.loan. So if you're looking for a home, if you're looking to refi, if you tell them you're with the Ron and Don Nation, you save a half a percent 
uh, on your loan. That, that's an average of three thousand uh, dollars in King County. So put that money back in your pocket. It's a pretty cool deal. Yeah. Hey, if you need us, right, Ron, Ron at Windermere.com. We have buyer, buyer's playbooks, seller's playbooks. We can send those out. We do a sit down. Go to Ron at on sitdown.com. And don't forget uh, this particular podcast and over a million, 200,000 plays now. It's amazing, you guys. It drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hit subscribe. Get signed up for the nation news by going to Ron and Don, sitdown.com. And when you need us, yeah, everything is at ronanddon.com. He's Ron. I'm Don. Charlie's laying over there on the floor. Yeah. Watched my son in a recital last night playing through his mask. <laughs> and he plays basketball with a mask on. I would be so glad when we could take these masks off in Washington State. And by the time you hear this, uh, maybe our mask happened. In the meantime, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Mask on or off? All day on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.